0: The Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6pm, Cork's Red FM.
1: Welcome to a special edition of the Big Red Bench Women's Sport Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy McCarthy, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at GerryMcCarthy74. This week's show focuses on Cork Camogie. We're joined by National Camogie Volunteer of the Year winner and Echo Camogie columnist, Mary Newman, to look at Cork's progress in both the Intermediate and Senior all Ireland Championships. Cork Intermediate Vice Captain Rachel Harty joins the show to look ahead to Cork's remaining fixtures and we also hear from our manager Trevor Coleman. Saoirse McCarthy is enjoying a terrific campaign at halfback for the Cork seniors and the Corsier Rover star joins us to analyse her season and much more. As well as that, Senior Camogie Manager Matthew Toomey reviews Cork's All Ireland Championship form to date, provides an injury update and news of Hannah Looney's return to the senior fold. AFLW expert and coach to current and former Irish Aussie rules professionals Mike Curran is back with us once again to give us all the latest inside news on the upcoming AFLW season that's all to come on this week's special Kamogi women in sport podcast aye, aye. 2022 National Camogie Volunteer of the Year winner and well-known Echo Camogie columnist Mary Newman joined me on the Big Red bench to assess Cork's recent intermediate and senior Glenn Dimplex All-Ireland Championship performances and what might lie in store for Cork Camogie over the coming months. Now, we're delighted here on the Big Red Bench to be joined by uh, a recent winner of a National Camogie Volunteer of the Year Award winner and well-known in the Glen and well-known in Cork Camogie circles. Her writing every week, you can find on echolive.ie and in the Echo, and that is Mary Newman. Mary, you're very welcome to the show. How are you?
2: Thanks, chair. Delighted to be uh, on the show with you. I'm fine, thank you. Lovely. And this finally a nice day, so uh, delighted and delighted to be joining you
1: and it's great to talk to you first of all before we talk about the Cork Intermediates and the Senior Camogie Scene uh, the National Volunteer Award for well deserved for everything that you've done not just this year but down through the years you must have been delighted and a lovely night out for you
2: yeah well I suppose it was a bit of a shock because um, when I was coming home from my holidays in January you be laughing um, plane landed in Cork Airport on a cold winter's night in January and turned on the phone and my phone face popped up in front of me with a text from Louise Weldon Congratulations, Cork Volunteer the Irving picture of myself in the Glen Top, where I never knew it was taken. And uh, I actually got such a shot, but I was, I was delighted and a great honour and a great thrill to, as I said to, at the Camogie Board meeting, to um, finally get to play for Cork in Crow Park. But uh, I was delighted to represent Cork and, you know, to my club really and thank my club for, I suppose, nominating me for it and Cork for picking me because it was um, a huge, a huge, um, you know, a huge honour to get it and delighted. Um,
1: humbled. Well, uh, very well deserved from somebody who's read all your, your columns and, and your coverage of the uh, Cork club and intercounty scene it is well deserved and everything that you do behind the scenes congratulations on it. Now thank you this past weekend, you were in park Ring, a very wet park Ring, to see the Cork Intermediate team overcome Kilkenny. 14 points to 1-5. Trevor Coleman's team, two wins out of two, going really well in the Glendimplex Intermediate Championship. Your assessment of the performance and how well this team is doing, not just uh, the last day, but under Trevor Coleman?
2: Yeah, well, I suppose, first of all, we, we probably have to say credit to Trevor and the back home team for the two brilliant wins. And um, as you said, last Saturday certainly wasn't the June bank holiday Saturday we were expecting. It was horrible and absolutely a horrible day. Rain belting down. And um, an overall assessment of the team, really, they've been going so well. They, they got to the league semi-final and were beaten by Antrim above in Edendary in a match that I really, 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 really thought was there for the taking. They went 10 points down at halftime, as you can remember, in that game. Fought back together in two points. Just one or two wrong options taken in the last few minutes. Maybe one or two substitutes. Maybe they just needed a small bit of pace to come on because at that time, Antrim were absolutely on their uppers and Cork were drawing freeze. Maybe needed a bit of a few pacey players to just be able to get away from them. As I say, I just thought one or two wrong options taken and maybe different substitutions But look. I would imagine they would have learned a lot from it. And uh, certainly the two wins, uh, Wexford was probably... Uh, great, great win for Cork in an event from the Wexford side of it like the Cork totally dominated and um, Wexford K- Kenny last weekend I expected more from the All-Ireland runners up from last year I saw them in Crow Park I was very impressed with them last year I expected a stronger challenge but I have to say credit Cork they were absolutely superb you know very very focused um, K- Kenny played with two on their inside line which I found very strange mm. on a horrible wet day when you'd need everybody up front pushing for scores. Um Cork led five points to two at the interval and Kilkenny did get a rather fortuitous goal. Um I think roughly I don't know if my notes would be now thirteen minutes in. Yeah. Mm. So that brought it to five uh, eight points to one three. But Cork kicked on. Bang, bang bang bang, one, two, three, four points. Three from play and one from a free from Joanne, Casey. Um I think Kilkenny had one in between one more for Cork, one in between but Cork You know just The minute Kilkenny got the goal Cork responded So they were they really They're playing very very well And you know Kilkenny and Cork Would be my tips to I've promoted that group Not so sure now About Kilkenny mm. I'm looking at maybe Derry They look to be going well Two wins out of two knees not so good I think Kildare Aren't going so well So I think the last spot Will be between Derry And Kilkenny I think Cork will top the group
1: yeah, and that's a fair assessment of where they are. They've got Cork at home to Meath this coming weekend and then the big one, I think, um, is away to Derry on the 25th of June yeah. before they finish against Kildare. That away trip to Derry, the, the length of the journey, how they get up there, how they get back down there, whatever whatever way it's done, that'll be a, a big moment for them in this championship.
2: It will, yeah. And of course, you must remember by the time Cork gets to play that match, like if they had one more victory under their belt and Derry, Derry, like, Derry would yeah. probably, like, I... I can't now remember who Derry are playing next weekend. But supposing the two of them are going like, um, supposing the two of them have two more victories under their, or one more victory each under their belt. That will mean, that will be the, probably the match will decide who goes top. Um, So yeah, that that could have the potential to be a huge match. I would expect Cork to beat Mead next weekend. I think in the league, Cork were well over them. Uh, Mead, they just don't seem to be finishing. They have fabulous players. Mm. Three years ago, they went up senior, came back down, but have never seemed to, you know, they. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with them. And I was just doing my preview for the echo and I said it actually my preview. They just don't seem to be um, finishing, mm. whatever it is. Their defence seems to be very good, but they just, they just don't seem to be able to get that back. The match is over the line, whereas Cork now have huge confidence. Cork defence is very good. I was very, very impressed with them the other day very impressed with them all through the league and um, you know they have a lot of experienced players there like Leanne O'Sullivan who would have played senior previously um, Siobhan Hutchinson has reverted to the forward line she's playing very well up front another very experienced there uh, Lauren Callan who would have won uh, an intermediate All-Ireland medal maybe four years ago Ashley Meloney another one and of course the captain who unfortunately is out injured at the moment Sinona Neville but those experienced players are bringing the younger ones along and um, yeah they're, they're, they're doing very well I'm delighted for them really
1: yep they are indeed under Trevor Coleman we speak to Trevor on this week's episode of the Big Red Bench as well um, here on the Women in Sport podcast before I let you go Mary um, I know you weren't uh, above in Dublin for the Cork Senior 210-09 to win over the Dubs, um, over the past weekend, but it's kept their winning streak going as well. Having beaten Wexford, having beaten Clare, they're up against Waterford now the next day. But your assessment of how well, from what you've seen and what you've read, of how well this team is going to share under new management under Matthew Thumi?
2: Well, I I saw the first two matches, and you know they were okay. They got over the line. They They, they were good enough, I suppose. Really, the the very something from a good point of view was. Like, having been pinned to the collar against Clare in the, um, the Munster saga. You know, they comprehensively defeated them in the championship when the chips were down. They really upped the ante. Last weekend at the Dublin match, like, we were in party. We were in watching it on Twitter and every time I looked down, one point down, two points. I was going, oh my God, what happened here? But I suppose then you had like, the Katrina Mackey popped up. hugely experienced player. Um, and, like... You, you need people like that, but I suppose we need the younger ones to start popping up as well. If some of them like, you know, I suppose they have to be given a chance, um, to to you know, stake uh, stake their their shout for a place. and um, Hannah Looney is back, I believe. I believe she's back she training. Is. Um, or LaCronin I suppose back in the team just need some matches. But again, like all these players can't go as we saw forever, you know. And and you need the younger ones coming in, and I suppose. We're still looking to the ones like Katrina Mackey's, Amy O'Connor's, hopefully the Hannah Looney's. but but um, look, it is they are where they are now, they have those wins under their belt, and this was one more match, we'll nearly see them into the semi-final, and uh, as it is, then, but like, it's Waterford, I watched Waterford yesterday because I said, right, here we go, mm. latching rain. No, no camogie in, for Cork, in Cork today. Look at this. And I put it on the television. I watched them. I was very impressed with Waterford yesterday. Chip or poor, but I was impressed with Waterford. Confident. They're sharp. Very, very, very fit. And I think the match next week will be a huge game for Cork. I really do. I like. You must remember, gone are the days where any of these companies couldn't hurl because they all have strength and conditioning. They're all going to college. They're all playing third level. They've all you know, played at the highest level at colleges, Ashburn and whatever. So these are all good, good players, you know. And um, yeah, I think Cork and Waterford, will, it, it's going to be a huge match for Cork.
1: Indeed it is. Well, listen, it's uh, these are good days for Cork Intermediate and Senior Inter-County Camogie yes, on a good yes. run at the minute. You can read all about it every week on echolive.ie and in the Echo with Mary Newman and Linda Mellerick. But for now, uh, to the Volunteer of the Year, Camogie Volunteer of the Year, <laughs> thank you very, very much Mary Newman for joining us and we will be back to talk to you again in a, as soon as uh, the next round of the matches are over.
2: And I'd be looking forward to it, Sharon. Again, thank you for your nice comments and uh, your, indeed your lovely messages. I was, as I say, deeply appreciative of everybody and I just on a personal level and indeed from all Camogie people in my own club in Glen Rovers, and in Cork Camogie to wish you the best of luck with your um, new publication and I know you're working on another one and <laughs> you know but look it's fantastic to see this and look we appreciate Camogie, Lady Sports appreciates everything and everybody that takes their time to give them um, a bit of air time or whatever time you can give it. And I know myself, even the little bit we can give, we all work together to give commodee as much as we can. But best of luck with the book. I know how hard it is, having witnessed uh, <laughs>
3: Mr. McCarthy <laughs> writing
2: three books himself, I know how hard it is to get people in your house to stay quiet and to give you a room <sighs> and give you space. So, look, best of luck with it and well done on the recent one and upwards and onwards to... Um, to you with all the work you're doing, so well done, and I look forward to seeing you on the sideline for the senior championship. Well, hopefully, I'll be running past you with my club, and <laughs> I'll be. <laughs> we're looking forward to a good run. Hopefully, we were beating in the semi-final of the league the other night, but look, we're we're going okay, so we're happy enough where we are. So. You know, and to wish, wish, as I say, all the best with the Ladies Podcast. I'm looking forward to joining you again during the year.
0: Missed the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie, Cork's Red FM.
1: Corkawogie Vice-Captain Rachel Harty had plenty to say about her county's prospects in this year's Intermediate All-Ireland Championship. The Ballyhay stalwart joined me on the Big Red Bench to look ahead to Cork's upcoming games, as did her manager Trevor Coleman, who also reflected on a terrific Cork victory over Kilkenny. Now, we're thrilled to be joined on the line here on Cork FM's Big Red Bench by Cork Camogie Intermediate player uh, Rachel Harty. Rachel, you're very welcome to the show. How are you?
3: How are you, Dar? How are things?
1: things are really good and things are really good for yourself too and for the Cork Intermediates because after two rounds of the Dimplex Intermediate All-Ireland Championship it is Cork who sits joint top of the table alongside Derry on maximum points and that's because uh, you've come up with big wins away to Wexford and most recently at home to Kilkenny. So an easy question to start Rachel just from as a vice captain I should have mentioned as well uh, from your point of view things seem to be going particularly well after the first two rounds of the Championship. Is that a fair comment to make and, and how happy are you with your Form.
3: Yeah, definitely going well, I suppose. It's a great start to the campaign with um, two wins under our belt and against two very tough teams as well. So we're very happy at the moment with how it all started. And yeah, look, there's a great buzz around the camp. Um, like you said, there were two tough games starting off with Wexford away and um, going down to them was never going to be easy. So we had a great performance against them first day out, which was fantastic. We won well there. And then having Kilkenny at home, sure. You know, Kilkenny, they're never going to be an easy, an easy game either. So it was great to get the win against them on Saturday. I'm so delighted, as I said, to play boys around the camp now at the moment and driving on and looking forward to the next game.
1: And two very different games as well for you, uh, Rachel, because you had the, not only Kilkenny to deal with the last day, but the elements as well, very different from the opening day against Wexford. You've had, you've had to contend with different weather conditions as well as difficult opponents.
3: Yeah, completely, yeah. Sure, if you think about last weekend in Wexford, Evening. The sun was splitting the rocks. It was so warm, and the the conditions were unbelievable. It was a perfect day for Camogie. Really, you couldn't complain. There was no wind, um, no elements at all. It was it was a fantastic day for Camogie. Uh, compared to Saturday, then you had the the rain, um, and the pitch was quite wet as well. So completely different elements, uh, which is good to see. In the, the panel, I suppose that were were versatile. That the conditions didn't really affect us on either day. We we performed on both days, which was fantastic. And um, so I was delighted with that
1: as well. Yeah, one of the things your manager Trevor Coleman has spoken to us about on the bench on, on numerous occasions is the depth of the panel. There's been a few injuries and a few people out missing, but mm-hmm. other players have come in and st- and stepped in. There seems to be a lot there seems to be a nice bond, but also a bit of competition for places, which is exactly what you want if you want to drive yourselves on.
3: Yeah, hundred percent, definitely. You can see that this year the, the competition for places is unreal. Like, you can't guess on a week to week basis, who's going to be playing next, you know, people are putting their hands up with training, and like you said, when people get injured, or if someone has an off day, uh, there's players coming onto the onto the pitch, and they're really putting their hands up, which is fantastic to see, but also you're kind of constantly with your, your your head over your shoulder, looking to see who's coming next for you, you know what I mean, but in a good way too, like I said, the bond is kind of good between the girls, there's no really kind of nastiness about it, it's, it's all positive. Um, environment and fairness which is fantastic to see as well you know everyone's pushing each other for the one goal and the the one kind of I suppose end result which is hoping to be in Crow Park in, in August so it's fantastic to see like the depth of the panel is, is insane so that's great and no, I'm, I'm really happy with it this year no thank God
1: and so you should be, and you're in there with a pretty exalted company when it comes to scoring, because you've managed, you've managed the last day as well uh, to contribute uh, a couple of points, but you're in a team with Joanne Casey, the likes of out Callen, the likes of Haley Ryan. I mean, there's scores everywhere in this forward line, and that's another reason that you have to keep on your toes.
3: Yeah, big time. Jeannie, the forward line is class this year, to be fair to them. They're very good, but even thinking like you have the likes of Leanne Sullivan and half-back, and um, you've a common uh, Jill O'Leary, all well able to push forward as well um, and score, you know. So there's really depth and, and width to the, the team this year, to be fair. For um, the inside forward line, unbelievably, like Rachel O'Shea, Keno Callaghan, Eddie Rain, they're unreal. Like, as soon as they get on the ball, you're guaranteed to score, you know. So it's fantastic. And even the girls coming on that have been subbing on, Caitlin Hickey, Lauren Homan they've all been contributing to scores as well. So, yeah, you know there's, there, there's real, real competition there now this year and real talent. Um, and class so it, it's great to see like it's fantastic
1: Indeed it is and at the hub of it all is your manager Trevor Coleman and his management team home important have they been to Binti, not just in the championship but on the run to the National League semifinals as well this year and beforehand as well
3: They're brilliant yeah I literally can't tag the lads enough like they're on the ball like they're they're really good with the stats now this year we're doing a lot with Johnny Linehan uh, he's been coming in kind of getting involved in stats and each week, it's kind of looking at turnovers are massive for us, puck outs are massive for us. This year, we're really working on those, trying to get the simple things right and big elements in the game. Like you know yourself, if you get a score from a turnover ball, it's a sucker it's a punch, you know. So, they're the kind of things that we're working on is work rate and um, those things, puck outs and, and different things like that, which are really kind of contributing to, to our game as well and making a huge difference. But the lads are brilliant that way. Like as I said, they're always looking at what can we improve on, you know there were great results against Wexford and great results against Kilkenny but I'm sure that they're sitting at home thinking to themselves oh, yeah that was brilliant but what can we improve on next what can we, we aim for next what's the goal next and they're brilliant at that Like, and they're great support You know, they'll be checking in with us the whole time and asking us our opinion as well which is very important like you know yourself when you're on the pitch you see a lot different game to what you see if you're on the sideline so they're very good at checking in and asking for our opinion as well so yeah, I can't praise them enough at the moment anyway, they're really doing a good job and as I said, very supportive and just exciting now to see what what what's next. So I looking forward to it.
1: Indeed what's next. But before just before we talk about what's next. How much of the fact that you had such a fantastic run in the National League this year, coming out of the group, um, getting into the quarterfinals, overcoming Galway um, away from home and then facing the eventual winners, Antrim and just going down to them and eating Derry, like it, it was a really, really positive run and it's, it's something that people talk about all the time. It's like a cliche, Rachel, like, you know, oh, it's momentum. But did you feel that you were able to take a lot of that or that the squad kind of gelled and bring it into the championship? Because you've certainly hit the ground running.
3: Yeah, big time. Like I think we did have a great run in the league and we were delighted looking back at how far we got. But I think looking back, at it, we were also disappointed um, in our result against Antrim. Like If you look back at the game itself, we were down. I think it was a 12 points, 11 points going in at half time. Mm. We didn't show up at all at all in the first half. It was the second half. Then we put in some dogged work and went out there. It was like a completely different team in the second half and clawed it back to, I think, it was a two points in the end. And um, so looking at that, like we were kind of disappointed that we didn't go out like we did in the second half, in the first half, you know, that it could have been a different, you know, scenario altogether. But I think that's why we've come on so much. And like you said, hit the ground running in the championship because we reflected on what we could have done better in that game against Centrum. And that was startling um, in the first half, you know, with good momentum and good scores. So we've definitely taken that and we've definitely learned from that and pushed on into Championship and I suppose we were very lucky that we did get to play the likes of Wexford first team and Antrim's first team and meeting those type of teams brings up the physicality and the hurling level as well. So I said definitely those games definitely stood to us um, and helped us get, I suppose, a good start in the, in the campaign for a Championship. So yeah, we, we were delighted looking back and reflection on that as well.
1: Does what happened in last year's Championship and the fact that it was points difference In in a really tough group with Kildare, with Antrim and with Kilkenny, the two eventual finalists actually And the eventual winners, Antrim Is that still in your heads or is it something that you've just managed to be forgotten about Knowing it's a brand new year, new season, new slate
3: Yeah, no, definitely still in our heads And I think definitely on Saturday, that was their main driving force going into the game uh, Was knowing that, was how unlucky we were not to qualify out of the campaign last year and then um, the result we had against Kilkenny, that was the last game that we had, I think, in the league basis last year in the Championship. That knocked us out along with the score difference. We didn't show up that day at all. We knew we were a better team and then watching Kilkenny go forward and get to the All ireland final of the and in the final with sickening So I think a lot of us who were involved in the panel definitely had that feeling and, you know, had that bit of spite, I suppose, in... Mm in the tummies on Saturday going out, we, we wanted to prove a point and we wanted to show to them that we were a lot better team um, than we performed last year. So that definitely was in our minds. And I think the year before when we were unlucky, I think it was due to COVID, the competition got pulled on us. So we, we definitely have that kind of regret. And I suppose fire this year that we're, you know, we're definitely qualifying for a semi-final and we're, we want to go all the way. We want to get to that final in Pro Park as well. So, that fire is there this year and that anticipation and and desire is definitely there and it's definitely obvious around the camp which is great to see so yeah a lot of us are are holding on to that feeling I think to drive us all the way
1: Indeed I can certainly hear and I can certainly see it in the performances not just in the first two of the Championship but in the the National League this this year as well you did exceptionally well and we're unlucky to miss out Uh, On the horizon uh, Cork host Meath on the 11th of June, then after that, uh, a break until you travel probably up to, uh, we assume at the same time, uh, Derry will still be joint leaders at that point, that'll be a crucial match and then you finish off at home to Kildare I guess the easy, the easy question is, Rachel, you cannot look beyond Meath, um, but that Derry game is looming large on the horizon, considering how well they're going irrespective of the result against Meath and let's be fair to them, we we don't know whether Cork are going to win, we assume they will, but um, that Derry game is, is certainly on the horizon and could well be a uh, uh, a decision-maker in terms of where you go in the semi-finals.
3: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like you said, not looking past me or anything, that would be a tough game as well, but thinking about Derry down the lane, that will probably be the big one, yeah. We will really know where we stand in. and like you said, it will probably be the decider about who's going to go straight to the semi and who's going to have to go in the back door to the quarter. So it's going to be a tough one. look, they came down to us in the league campaign at the start of the year horrible conditions and uh, they travel down on the day which uh, was about six or seven hours on a bus and played that day so the team that we played back in the league is definitely not the same team that we're going to meet in a couple of weeks time we've no doubt about that and like ourselves now trying to get organized and traveling up maybe the night before the day before traveling up on the same day these are little things we're going to have to sit down and think about for ourselves to see what way are going to best perform and how can we best prepare ourselves for that game because it's definitely going to be a huge test and with any of the Northern teams like Antrim and Derry and stuff, it's it's never going to be easy. It's always going to be a physical, tough battle. And so, yeah, it's just about trying to prepare right for that and use me's game as well to improve on our game plan and look at what else can we do better and where the improvements, where are we lacking and, and I suppose best prepare ourselves for that day because like you said, it probably will be the decider about Who's going to end up top in the group so yeah, it's going
1: to be a big one Interesting times ahead a big one indeed and just to finish off Rachel from your own point of view you're a pro Ballyhay uh, f- uh, player and representative but the split season and the way the National League follows straight in or that the All-Ireland Championship follows immediately after the National League means there's very little time even though you are going to get a break between the Mead and the Jerry game there's very little time to stop and think about what you're doing it's like it's full on with the Cork intermediates, but are you a fan of the split season? In that, once the championship is over, you get to focus fully on Ballyhale when the club championship comes around. Or do you find things are just a, a little bit confined at the moment? There's too much being trying to be squeezed into 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 the calendar to get everything done. Yeah,
3: I suppose like looking at there's pros and cons to it, and um, big time, of course. Um, it is difficult as a player, I think, especially if you're kind of struggling with any kind of niggles or um. Any kind of injury at all, it's very difficult to get yourself right. I think for, for club championships straight after the you know, Ireland Championship, it would be very hard to get back for that. And then I suppose you're so involved in the, the inter county setup for so long, you, you, you don't show your face to club until literally championship season. So there's definitely pros and cons to it. But myself, I suppose, as a player, I suppose I, I, I do like it. I do like the split season. Um, just because you're you're flying fit from inter-county championship and you're you're ready to go out in into club championship, but as I said, like looking at the the club girls, it's probably very frustrating for them because they are waiting in limbo for when the inter-county season finishes, uh, But when they're trying to set out their lives. And as I said, they don't see us until uh, club championship. Like so, you can see both sides of it. But I suppose myself, I I do prefer the split season. I enjoy that way. As yep. I said, you can see both sides of both sides of this.
1: Very, very uh, down the middle answer there. Fair play to you, but I do I appreciate what you're saying, all right, from from a player's point of view. Yeah, you get a chance to focus just fully on intercounty first and then club, and that's just the way it is at the moment. Until exactly. if yeah. things change again. Well, listen, uh, Rachel Harty, thank you very much, vice captain of the Cork intermediates who take on Meath uh, this coming weekend in the Group One of the Glen Dimplex All Ireland Camogie Championship um, ahead of their final two games as well, and a cracker against Derry coming up uh, on the horizon as well. But listen, everybody here in the big red bench wishes you and the team well, and thanks very much for joining us today.
3: Thanks, Millinger Appreciate
1: it. Catch you soon. Cork Intermediate Camogie Manager Trevor Coleman joins the Big Red Bench on the line now, following his side's fantastic All Ireland Championship victory over Kilkenny at Parky Ring this past weekend. Trevor, uh, welcome back to the show and congratulations uh, on a very, very good win.
0: Yeah, thanks, Millenjar. Yeah, a great win in, in tough conditions. To be fair, the. Uh, the goal was still rock solid, but there was a bit of, a, I suppose, a skim uh, on, on the field, so a lot of slipping went on. But look, uh, bit Max was delayed, bit Kilkenny were, were delayed getting to the ground as well because of traffic, so that put us out of smart But look, very happy with the result and very happy with the performance. And look, uh, any day you go and play Kilkenny, uh, a one-point victory will, will do. Kilkenny are never a bad team to come down to Cork. So look, we're we're very happy with the performance with the win.
1: Yeah, and you should be. I mean you you pucked fourteen points in very, very difficult t- conditions, but I would imagine only conceding one five is something you're very happy with.
0: Yeah, look, to be fair, we, we were looking back at the stats this morning, like Kilkenny scored from play in the first first two minutes and didn't score again from play till the the last two minutes, you know, besides the goal but look which which was probably a slight mistake on our behalf between the keeper and the full back a slight mix up but uh, look we have to be we're not conceding which is absolutely great you know our, our half forward line just going through the GPS this morning the, the walk they're doing getting back and helping out the back line is phenomenal you know and again they have to get up the field and putting in the scoring as well but look we're, we're very we're in a good place so we're very very happy with, with the way we're playing and the the backs are, are conceding very little which is, which is great for us
1: and another bonus for you Trevor the nice spread of scores um, throughout the team the 14 points there was an even spread between 6 players
0: yeah, it was and it looked at the same the last day to be fair, uh, against Wexford had seven scorers, you know, uh, all six of our forwards scored and Rachel Roshe um scored as well after coming off the bench to score one one, so she was rewarded just uh, by by getting her staff, you know. She came in first and other level look unfortunately for all the, uh, had a bad injury last day, uh, waiting on an MRI result from from all that, so we we wait and see what what the outcome of the other is. But as I said to Joe last week, we've massive, massive fate. In our, in our, in our 30 players that we have on the squad. Again, we, like, we have no bother bringing on anyone onto the field at any stage because we, we have that much faith in them. So it's great from a management point of view. But again, that comes around. It's horrible trying to pick a team at the moment because they're they both around getting the game or chomping at the bit we could see that in training last week you know to be fair though. it shouldn't get in there and when they do get in there then a lot of them are taking are their chances and holding on to the jersey which is what it's all about which is great for us you know
1: Yeah and similar to the Cork senior manager uh, your counterpart Matthew Toomey it's all about I would imagine even for you Trevor at this point you have your panel but you're trying to build a squad and a starting team and then five game changers to come off the bench when when you get to the business end of the championship
0: yeah, that's it. Uh, exactly. Look, I mean, even from talking to Matthew, that's what he's trying to build as well. Like, uh, on any given day, weather conditions, I'm the to suit it inside line yesterday at the line that we started. So we brought on Cailin Hickey, who to be fair is a big physical goal. So again, that went that went well for us and worked out well. Horman um, came off the bench. She's only back from cancellators after being um, out know, for more than nearly six weeks. So again, it's massive having these players to come off the bench. And we're reiterating to the goals every week that it's not just the 15. 15 passing game anymore like it takes finish you know, as well as the New Zealand rugby team calls them mm. to come on and finish the game out as well which is, which is great and we have that you know
1: you certainly do top joint top of the table with Derry and maximum points after two games in group two of the Glendimplex All-Ireland Intermediate Championship you now are preparing for this weekend and a home match against Meath before travelling to Derry and then finishing off and home to Kildare your destiny Trevor is in your own hands uh, by virtue of the fact that you've won your first two games but you will not be looking beyond me.
0: No, no, no. As we spoke out the other night in training, like we we've seven steps off to an our Holland like this is the, yes there was step 2 which we got over need a step 3 and we take we take each team as, as it comes we don't get carried away we'll be the goals back down to us on Tuesday they'll be preparing for the Mead game like we prepared for every other game yes the, the group is in our own hands but look again things could change very fast if you, if you, if you get a loss the group at the moment is probably wide open. again us and Derry sitting on top but in, in the next week or two that, that could change very quickly so we have to treat Mead with the respect that they're they'll come down to Cork again we'll be putting our best foot forward and our best team out to try and win the game and I, I think if the goals play to their potential we will get the victory but again it's all of their attitude so far so to speak, for us as a manager point of view has been absolutely outstanding you know the, the hooking and the blocking the walk, rate in those conditions uh, yesterday it was a joy to watch and it's it's great for us to be able to sit back and then have leaders out in the field as well like Rachel Hartley took over as captain yesterday in the absence of Zanola and she she was outstanding to be fair to absolutely outstanding
1: Yeah you mentioned that work rate and that has been key for you and I would imagine irrespective of the Meath result you'd be glad of the two week break then before travelling up to Derry
0: yeah because yeah, look to be fair we are not just walking with the ball at the moment logistically how, how we get to Derry like trying to ask the goals to travel up seven hours on a bus play a match and travel back seven hours like it's look it's going to take a bit of planning you know so again we, we need to look in that in more detail the two week break coming up to that will do us the world of good you know we'll we'll probably play a meal give the goals maybe a break for a night and then uh, go back at it again and try and logist, logist, logistically sort out our, our trip to Derry which isn't going to be easy you know
1: no, it's not. But you're in the best possible place you could be, uh, Trevor Coleman. Congratulations again uh, on beating Kilkenny this past weekend to go joint top alongside Derry of Group Two of the Glen Dimplex Intermediate All Ireland Championship Group Table. Three big matches coming up over the next couple of weeks. We look forward to hearing how you get on in each of those. And well done again.
0: And uh, thanks for John. Thanks for all your uh, advertising, and you're great for the goals. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm.
1: What a season, Corsi Rovers. Sirsha McCarthy is enjoying playing halfback on the Cork Senior Camogie team. Sirsha spoke to me on this week's Big Red Bench about her hopes for the remainder of the Championship, a happy Cork squad, and why she and her teammates are eager to atone for last year's All Ireland final defeat to Galway. This week, I was also joined by Cork Senior Manager Matthew Toomey to assess Cork's All Ireland Senior Championship form, an injury update, and returning players. Plus, news of Hannah Looney's recent return to the Cork Senior Camogie setup. Now, I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined on the line here on the big red bench by Cork Senior Camogie player Sersha McCarthy, who is part of Matthew Toomey's senior team and panel that has uh, won their opening two games in this year's Dimplex senior all ireland championship opening three games i should say uh, maximum points after three outings in good going really well um looks like they're on course hopefully to reach a semi-final if not quarter final in the coming weeks and we're joined by Sirsha on the line now Sirsha how are you
4: i'm good
1: there how are you i'm not too bad that's about it's good to talk to you. it's been a while um i know uh first things first, uh this past weekend, uh you made the trip to Dublin, which is never an easy team to play against, but you came away with a two ten to not nine victory to take you to the top of your particular group table. Um, first of all the dubs and the 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 game the match like it, it sounded like a game that ebbed and flowed, but just as your latest outing, how happy were you to come away with a victory there?
4: Um, yeah, I think I think it's always it's always good to win up in Dublin. Um Especially when it's it's a long it's a long day, you know. You're first thing in the morning, last thing at night, nice and you're you're getting up and leaving and stuff. So it can be a tough one, but um, happy with the results. So I think we're starting to perform better, but we're not we're not we're not to finished actually. I don't think.
1: No, there seems to be quite a lot of work going on in the background and that's down to Matthew Toomey and his, his backroom team and his management team but uh, from your own point of view um, you're part of a half-back line alongside Laura Hayes and Laura Tracy, featured more often than not as a tri- as a trio together in that half-back line and it's going quite well for you, you popped up with two more points this past weekend. I assume you like the role you have in that you obviously are a defender first and foremost but you're encouraged to get forward at the earliest opportunity. Uh, yeah, I know
4: I was I was a forward my whole life so I think I I, I I I enjoy getting up there. Um obviously we have a job to do and you do your your job first and scores, then it's just I don't know, a benefit or a, a plus I suppose
1: very modest of you for a halfback to be popping up with scores in nearly all of our matches it's a big asset for a Cork team that's not short of scores but the quality of of forwards the Amy O'Connors the Katrina Mackeys but the good thing Saoirse from your and your teammates point of view is um, there's no more reliance on one player there's there's just so many weapons on the forward line there's so many weapons in the back that can come forward like yourself and Laura Hayes and, and Laura to get scores it must be a good team to play in Oh yeah
4: definitely I think we all work well together and like everyone's in a position that suits them for example myself and Laura love running love getting forward at at the same time we can do our job as well so I think that's something that suits us and again Laura Tracy like commanding the back line and I think that suits her as well so all all over the field everyone's enrolled that, that, that suits them and I think that's why we're performing well and winning
1: you certainly are. I mean, you've beaten Wexford, you've beaten Clare, now you've beaten Dublin, but there's a big challenge coming down the line and that's Waterford and Waterford are a team clearly that are enjoying a great year themselves because they have got six points from their three games and just coming off a win uh, over Tipperary, in Tipperary, this is not going to be easy.
4: No, it's not. And I Actually, I don't think any game this year is easy and we won't. We definitely won't underestimate anyone. Um, I mean, Tip drew with Clare, we drew with Clare and then Waterford beat Tip. So, you know,
1: it's all to it's all play for every really. From your own point of view, um, you're playing a lot of very, as you said, high-quality teams. The, the the speed at which the matches are coming, seriously gives you very little time to actually recover in between them. Now, you do have a break until the Waterford game. I mean, I would imagine that's welcome because it gives a chance for niggling injuries, time to heal, but also just a, time to, a weekend to breathe more than anything else because it's been full-on since the, the National League final.
4: Um, yeah, to be fair, we've had, we've had a good few weeks now on the trot, but I think the more games we play, the better. Um, we learn more about ourselves playing matches than we ever could at training, so I think it's nice to have a couple of games on the go and work on things straight after, so when you we finished the Clare game and we had things we needed to work on for the Wexford game and things like that, so it was actually it was, it was great.
1: You sound like one of those players that just wants to play all the time.
4: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. The more games, the better.
1: Oh yeah, and I don't know if your manager, Matthew Toomey, would necessarily agree with that. He'd enjoy the sentiment, I'm sure. Am I wrong? But there seems to be a nice bond between Matthew Toomey and the players, and there always was from his time with Paulie Murray. But with Davy Fitz coming in with the management team, it has been a change. There has been a, you know, it, there's a different vibe, obviously, when there's a new manager, a new voice, and a new coach, and somebody high-profile like Davy Fitz coming in. How has that dynamic worked between the players and the management team? Ah, it's great.
4: Everything, everyone gets along, like everyone regulate like the family, like you know, we spend so much time together with training and matches and stuff like that that, you know, we have to bond, like, and I think the players really respect management and vice versa. Like so, you know, I know for a fact that any of the lads inside us you know, would do anything for any of the girls on the team. So I think it's great to have that kind of support from a management team.
1: Um, and, and rightly so there's also a new dynamic this year um, not necessarily a new one but a, a fresher one in that there seems to be quite a lot of um, fighting for places to get on that first team I mean Orla Cronin is just back from injury Sarsha McCartan is on her way back and she came on the last day now as well and when you look at the subs that came on the last day Saoirse Kiro Sullivan Sarsha McCartan Emma Murphy, Clean Healy and Hannah Looney uh, returning from the United States I mean that's serious that's serious depth in a squad but you're going to need that yeah definitely and
4: um- I think it's something we might have been missing in previous years. Um even even this year in the league final I felt Baleway had has the, the subs to bring on. But we're building, we're building all the time and I think like Hannah Looney coming back is a massive, massive boost to us. Like she was double all star last year with football and camogie. and she was up for player of the year. Like you can't you can't not appreciate having a player like that on the in the dressing room. So um delighted to have her back.
1: And Her return, as you rightly mentioned and drew attention to there, it also raises the stakes for everybody else because now there's another player coming back, a double all-star, as you said looking to get on the starting team, so now everybody has to up their game and training. How intense has training been in recent weeks?
4: Um, in recent weeks it hasn't, because we've been training or we've been having matches every week, I wouldn't say it's been that intense. We have our, our hard block of training done, per se so it's kind of just um, tipping and working on things we need to do so it's not, it's, not, it's hectic
1: yeah, I'd imagine just the volume of games alone, or the things that you're just, as you said, just keep tipping along and just keep keeping the touch right and getting the the fundamentals right in between the games. That's really what it's all about. Exactly, right now, yeah. Yeah. Um, we spoke not long. I don't know if you remember not after the All Ireland final last year. And I'm sorry to bring it back up again, but I'd never heard <laughs> I'd never heard you so crestfallen, and so obviously I understood why. But I also heard a real determination in your voice, and even from the other players that I spoke to around that time, Amy O'Connor, Hannah Looney, as well, actually, at the same time. The, the message was clear from each of you, um, you know, that you wanted to get back out in the training pitch as quickly as possible. You wanted to get back to another all Ireland final and rectify what went wrong against Galway. Now, I know you're in the throes of an all Ireland championship and you can't look beyond Waterford. It's the only game that matters right now. But how much of last year is still a motivating factor, sirsha Or are you just doing the best you possibly can game by game? Um, it's funny you say that
4: because at the time I was like, straight away, I would, have, I would have went back training the Tuesday after the island of final. <laughs> um, but I think I think we're taking it day by day, to be honest. Um, haven't really thought about, well, obviously you think about it, but I, I wouldn't say that... Um,
1: You don't dwell on it.
4: I, I'm thinking about that yet, no. I'm just trying to enjoy the year as much as I can. So we spend, we spend so much time doing it that you might as well just try and, try and enjoy it and go out and do your best and that's all you can do.
1: Um, it seems like a very settled camp and it seems like a very um, determined and self-motivated group. It has been for some time, not just this year. Um, all the pieces seem to be falling into place. Is it just a case of trying to hit your optimum level with every game and just go with it from there?
4: Yeah, I think I think we're just looking for performances in every game Um, worrying about ourselves, worrying about things that we need to, to do to get, get get things right and um, try and put out what management are trying to on the pitch. So, um, I mean we're we're winning but, mm. but we we have a bit to go yet. Yeah.
1: Indeed you do um, before I let you go I know it's a long way off but the club championship and course you're over as a club very close to your heart and always have been how much you're looking forward to once let's not say when and where but the All-Ireland Championship ends for Cork hopefully a successful ending how much you're looking forward to going back to the club championship and have another crack off to Senior County Ah uh, yeah
4: no completely like, I I it's it's hard to stay in two places at once. So like my head at the moment is so involved in the court camps that it's hard to like concentrate on clubs. But I was at a I was at a match there now just, just, just before you rang and um the the girls are playing down and it was a lovely summer's evening down the pitch and you'd you you'd be a bit jealous alright watching them play. But um we'll be back in hopefully September or August. Into.
1: We'll have a good rattle off county again, again. Oh, I've absolutely no doubt. Of course, your lovers will have a good rattle off, especially with yourself involved. And we'll be talking about that when the time comes. And just finally, Saoirse, for somebody like you're injury free, um, you seem to me you seem to be playing a lot freer and a lot with a lot more confidence. Not that you lack confidence, but I've noticed in the games I've seen you for Cork that you really are in control and you seem in a good place. Is this the happiest you've been um, in a Cork setup? Um. Yeah, I
4: actually think so. Um. And it's due to so many reasons. Um, I think the girls were just so close, and so you know, when you're playing for each other, it's 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 a great feeling. And um, if you're happy, you know it does it does show on the pitch. So I think I think I, I am enjoying it a lot. And I don't know what we're going to do when we finish up. Whenever we do.
1: I think who knows you might actually be celebrating let's hope that you're celebrating when the time comes Saoirse listen for oh God, yeah. everybody here on the Big Red Bench thank you so much for taking time out uh, from a very busy sh- schedule and we really appreciate it to talk to us here on the Big Red Bench continued success and all the best against Waterford the next day thanks
4: Millinder.
1: delighted to be joined now on the line by the Cork senior Camogie manager Matthew Toomey following his sides Glenn Dimplex group one all-Ireland senior championship win away to Dublin yesterday afternoon Cork running out 210 to 9 point victors uh, to maintain their undefeated start to the championship Matthew you're very welcome back to the big red bench I Um, I guess looking at the scoreline it suggests that Cork had a good win but that's not really the case Uh, for for long stretches into early in the second half Dublin were ahead in this game
5: yeah it was a very funny game Um, I suppose the first half we played against the wind and it was a great start we won 1-2 one two to no score up. Um, Dublin came back at us and got seven points in the bounce before half time. So we went in a half time seven points one two down. And the start of the second half, they got two points again on the bounce, and the lads switched the gear. And we, we got one eight to no score in for the last kind of twenty minutes. So yeah, it was it was a really tough game. They were really really up for us, really in our face. You know, it just just took us a while when they kind of got the momentum and the club behind them and all that. Um, it took us a while to adjust, but uh, we went in at half-time and we were kind of talking ourselves outside. When we went in, and to be fair, the players were kind of regrouping themselves and setting things down and putting things into perspective, and you know, just go back to our plan and what we were meant to do. And you know, in fairness, they did that.
1: Is this where experience counts, Matthew? Not just in the management team, but in the players in your panel as well. That you know, there's no need for panic here. We just keep stick to the process and do what we do best.
5: Yeah, that that that's certainly the case. Like you know, you. you I suppose old school you'd be going and banging holes because we like we we we, we you know for twenty minutes we we went to sleep, um, but there was no need for it like right? they they just composed themselves and you know they, they, like that's where experience comes from. I think we had a similar match last year against Down Up and Down, you know where we had to grind out and, you know a battle and to get the win and it was the same yesterday. You know like Dublin have come on, you know I'm, I'm not trying to take anything draft draft uh, they beat Waterford down in Marsh Park, and they, they were very unlucky. Wanted to get a draw in Tipperary last week, so you know they are coming on. But um, yeah, look, they, they made it extremely hard for us.
1: Um, the good news from your point of view as well is every match that passes, it's not the same one or two people that are chipping in with important scores. Last week it was Amy O'Connor, but this week it was Katrina Mackey who got two goals and a point, and again just showing her class here.
5: Yeah, like Katrina's present and has been for many years, now to be fair to her, but. Um, the two goals, like the first goal, kind of settled us. But the, the the second goal was the crucial one. Like it was it was a great goal. It was a great ball in by and It was a well walk move. Like we were trying to do that, for you know a few times. But well, Dublin kept cutting it out. But we just got a breakthrough. Like and you know Katrina's great. Like her work rate is is savage. Like you know she doesn't to get the, the credit for the way she puts in outside of the scoring. So like yeah, we're just really happy for her, and it's great that we're kind of spreading the scoring a bit too. Like you know, the, the, you know we don't have to depend on anyone. Like you know, Amy was well matched yesterday. You know she she put in a great performance. But what again? Like, but it's great that we can spread the scoring as well, as well.
1: And good news for you as well from the bench, in that you've talked about the depth and trying to build a squad with depth and game changers coming off the bench. You had Sartre McCartan continuing her comeback from injury. She came on yesterday, and also Clean Healy and Hannah Looney.
5: Yeah, yeah. The, the, I spoke we we spoke every week about this. Like that, we do need a, um, a squad. Um, you know, even Emma Murphy you know had the best game last week like, but she came on, she made a difference when she came on yesterday and Kira Sullivan is the same, like, so there is there, there, like we are trying to get as much off the bench as we can and there's other lads still, you know, chopped up a bit to get on as well. Um it's great to have Hannah back, you know, we, we tried to give her a bit of game time, just a bit of physicality as well inside her and sort did make a difference when she came on too to be fair to her. So yeah, it's 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 it, it's good in that side of things, like but I don't, I don't. think we're anywhere near the, the finished article yet, which is, I suppose, it's good in some ways and not not so good in other ways. But like, you know, we have options now, which is great.
1: Yeah, you've got options. It's interesting that you say that because I was going to ask you the question just in general, not just with Cork, but the entire Senior Camogie Championship. Just going through all the results over the last couple of weeks, there is no out and out favorite just yet. Matthew, I think that's including yourselves. That's being fair about it. Kenny obviously put up a good score yesterday against Limerick and Galway, as did Galway against Offaly. But throughout the first couple of weeks of this championship, nobody's streaking ahead, and you're kind of going, "Okay, they're the team to beat." It does seem like a crowded field.
5: Definitely, but like but I suppose we'll be keeping eye more on our side of things. Like, and, you know? I suppose on paper when we saw, it, like Tipperary were the team to beat. Like, you know they got two draws? I think they're playing Waterford today. Uh, Waterford got beaten by Dublin. In the first game, and you know they 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 got a win yesterday. Um, did you not know, so, like they they're, they're playing Tipperary today, but Wexford in last week. Um, got nothing to hammer from Waterford to be clear. You know mm-hmm. when we take care of the most of the final, I suppose we thought they were going to put up, but I said they're, they're on are first personal, pressure to make a quarterfinal stage of this day. So it's like it's fair, you know, We we Waterford, I think the next game now and it's going to be a Titanic battle again because like we we knew this like that all the games were going to. Different threats and, and that's the way it's working out. The other side of the group, the two lads seem to be, you know, Galvin and Kenny will probably more than likely come over that group, right? But they're they're playing it each other. I think at the last game of it, so you know, it's it, like it's it, it, it the, the Camogie itself is, is is after changing drastically. Like you know, the, before the start of the year, you could pick out who's going to come where and who's going to go where. But this this is on you know the fitness is out. The, the skill level has gone through the roof. Like right? and mm. it's just um. The combativeness, I suppose, to the games as well. That you, you know, that as I say, Dublin yesterday, you know, you know, they gave us some, some, you know, battle, like, and and, and they were in our face the whole time. And it's it, you know, you you can't leave your hurling really explored, you know, especially with the tight pitch yesterday as well. So you you couldn't, you know, really get your hurling into into rhythm. So you have to fight, and you know, that's that's the way it is in most of the games I've seen so far, anyway.
1: Um, we've spoken as well in the past, in the recent past, about the fact that it's now a, a split season and that all the Intercounty National League immediately flows into the Championship and you don't really get much of a chance to stop. And, and, and you know, it seems to be one game after the other. Now You do have two weeks to the Wadford game and then even another two weeks uh, to your final game uh, following that at home to Tipperary. From your point of view and your management team's point of view, are you happy to have those breaks in that it gives you time to work or would you rather just have the two matches kind of following each other and then a bit of a gap potentially, uh, assuming you're reaching the, the uh, semi-final stages?
5: Well, I suppose we, like we you know, in, in Dublin yesterday we went for food after the game and it was like the war wound They're coming in, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of injuries there, you know, a lot of people sore, like you we're know, after three weeks on the bounce, so I'd say we'll be very happy with the week break, as I say, I think Claire got caught with that, they were, yesterday was their sixth game in a row in six weeks and you know they're they're physically bait Um, momentum is that look. I I don't think a week is going to you know having next week off is not going to be um a deterrent. I just think that we really need to kind of get the get the players. You know the, the recovery and get the more freshness in their legs again. I I think if we were out next week again we would probably struggle because we've be a few knocks. Know that are going to take a few days to to get over. At the best, um, we've a couple of lads going. I think getting X ray today as well. So. It's, you know, you have a bit of concerns there, like, but I'd I'd be I'd be happy enough with the break and you know, like play Waterford in two weeks' time and then have another break again because I, I just think we need that kind of freshness.
1: Yeah, and that's it sounds like it's a good thing. So as you said, if you're carrying Knox it gives them an opportunity to Recover from them, but look, you you can't do much more than what you've done up to this point of the championship. Um, you've done really well to win the matches that you have, and you're 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 in the mix for that semi final place. I mean, I suppose just to finish up, Matthew, this is really as much. as This is where you want to be without actually knowing exactly where you're going to end up.
5: Definitely, yeah. Like you know, so told us we get three wins on the bounce, we were taken this no problem. Um, we 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 knew, you know there was two away games in that. Um. So just to get nine points, I suppose we couldn't do much more. You know, it, it, like as I said, you like we still have a lot of work to do, and we know that, and you know, we're not getting carried away or anything like that. Like you know, so yeah, we're, we're we're happy to be in the position we are. I think if we get one more win over the last two, we'll go straight to the semi final. Um, it's in our own hands, and it's the way we want it to be, really.
1: Indeed it is. Uh, once again from everybody here in the Big Red Bench, congratulations to you Matthew Toomey and the senior, Cork Senior Camogie team on yesterday's victory in Dublin and we'll talk to you before the Waterford game.
5: Brilliant, thanks so much Joe. The Big Red Bench, Saturday
0: and Sunday from 6pm.
1: AFLW Ireland expert and coach to current and former Irish Aussie rules professionals, Mike Curran is back with me on this week's Big Red Bench. Mike talks about his recent meeting with two time AFLW Premiership winner Alyssa Considine and what's next for Vicky Wall, Erica O'Shea, Joanne Dunan, and Clara Fitzpatrick before an avalanche of announcements and signings later this week. No, I'm absolutely delighted and thrilled to be joined once again by the Big Red Bench and Corkstreet FM's resident AFLW. Ireland and coach to the stars and AFLW expert, Mike Curran, who joins us this week, having had a very interesting day, which we're going to hear a little bit more about in a minute. But Mike, you're very welcome back at a very, very busy time of the season. How are you? Very good, Jerry. how are you? I'm good. I'm trying to keep track of everything. After we left each, each other uh, on last week's podcast, which went out very well, uh, two midweek announcements uh, and two announcements that I know you're very excited about uh, of, of, of four players um, officially announced, but two in particular, Vicky Waldemead, LGFA star, and of course, Erica O'Shea um, also being announced. Um, Take us through where those two individuals are heading and how excited you are about their prospects.
6: Very excited about these two German Ferns. We've been waiting for this one to be officially announced for a while. Uh, but yeah, absolutely fantastic to have finally officially confirmed. And both these stars are heading to the same club, as it turns out, Vicky Wall and Erica O'Shea, both off to North Melbourne. So last time we talked, we heard about North Melbourne losing Aileen Gilroy but the, the blow of that has been significantly lessened by two superstars from Cork and Meath on the way over now to North Melbourne. And Vicky and Erica will be teammates at Arden Street, which is incredibly exciting. And obviously, I've been working with both those players across the last year, so delighted to see them officially confirmed as AFLW players.
1: Without getting into the specifics, these are two uh, very agile footballers. And I've seen them up front, seen them in the flesh and the way that they play. Are, how, I mean obviously they have attributes that are suited to the AFL W Mike but what about the things they don't know how important and crucial are the next four or five weeks
6: Oh look it's very important the, the, the hard work starts now I suppose the two players in two slightly different scenarios firstly Eric is going to be heading over in the next fortnight probably and is going to make the, very close to the start of pre-season there Vicky is not heading over until after Meath are finished in the LGFA championships which will likely run until the, the end of the All-Ireland series But both of them are already now on their their programs. We were literally just looking at it there today. They're on running programs and strength and conditioning programs. Um, So the hard work is already on for both of them. And um, in terms of prep and that, we're going to do as much kicking in skills work as we can possibly here. But they're already now starting to link into the the North sessions and the North groups and, and all that sort of stuff. And they'll be keeping tabs on them right up on, until they head over. So yeah, straight into it. And obviously there's logistical stuff to be sorted out in terms of visas and flights and all that. Um, but they're straight into it. They're, they're into the squad list. They're into the WhatsApp groups. They're into the, the running and strength and conditioning programs and already working hard.
1: I've no doubt that they are, and uh, the work that you've done with them will be absolutely crucial, and we're going to be hearing a lot more about Vicky and Erica through yourself over the coming weeks, but two other players that were announced last week, Joanne Doonan and Fitzpatrick, tell us about where they're going.
6: Yeah, so Joanne Doonan is going to Essendon, and I suppose Joanne has a great backstory as well. She originally was um, an AFLW AFLW player with Carlton a few years ago, back in 2019. And she just played, or I think it might've been 20, the first year of COVID. And she just played a couple of games that season and ended up being delisted at the end of the season. So she came back home. And I suppose a, a testament to her perseverance and determination and, and never say die attitude. She nominated for the draft the following year and the following year and was overlooked in, on both those two occasions. But earlier this year, decided to, to up sticks and relocate herself to Melbourne at her own cost in an effort to try and, um, Get on a VFLW squad initially and and be seen with the potential of securing an AFLW spot so she she joined the Essendon VF, VFLW team and has played very well across the VFLW season which has just um, reached final stage now There, um they're actually the, the minor premier premiers they went to and beaten through the season so um brilliant news for Joanne she has been elevated from the VFLW squad up to the AFLW squad and of course Uh, Essendon is an expansion team so she'll be one of the inaugural players there for AFLW so delighted for her personally I was involved with her before when I was coach of the Irish national team and she played on the Ireland team with me for a while and we did some sessions back in those days so she's worked very hard for three or four years to get back there and very deserving of the opportunity. Uh, Likewise then Clara Fitzpatrick was originally on St Kilda list she was based in, in Melbourne at the time and playing some football in the VFLW there as well. And she got an opportunity with St Kilda. And she um, played, I think, five out of the six games in season 2020 as a key defender for St Kilda, very good defender. Um, and then she was unable to make it back for season 2021 due to visa issues. Uh, so she missed that season. But then not only that, she actually did her ACL here at home playing football up in county down. Um, so uh, after that, St Kilda delisted her. But th- this week they've applied for um, a special concession for the from the AFLW, and they've been granted it that they can relist Clara. So Clara Fitzpatrick is going back uh, to St Kilda as well. So she'll be flying out from County Down across the next few weeks. So that is the four players currently confirmed. <laughs>
1: brilliant stuff and that's great news about Clara Fitzpatrick as well going back after what she's been through and Joanne Dunn is a name especially with Essendon now uh, hopefully we'll be hearing quite a lot more about throughout the season and as we already said Vicky Wall and Erica O'Shea two players we're going to be monitoring very very closely uh, when the season in preseason and the season begins itself but it's fantastic to see four players already up and running um, and players that we're going to keep uh, close tabs on as the season begins now in terms of keeping close tabs you've had a day and a half of it because you've got to spend it with somebody um, and somebody that you've helped, and somebody that you've you must be incredibly proud of, and that's A.H. Constantine. And like, this is this is somebody that's won two premiership medals, it's somebody that is so well known over in Australia now at this stage. Um, a real warrior of the AFLW. Um, you got to spend the day with her, Mike. I'm not going to actually ask, ask you to recount the whole day, but how special was it to catch up with her again?
6: Oh, it's fantastic, Jerry. Look at her, I know. We joked a few weeks back that this, I was looking forward to catching up with Eilish and, and seeing that medal when she got back to West Clare. And we got up there for the bank holiday weekend and I uh, spent some time with her today, had a catch-up, had a kicking session as well. We actually got out for a kick with Eric O'Shea this evening as well. So how fantastic is that? The most decorated Irish player ever having a kick with the youngest Irish player ever. And the, the stuff that Eric had learned off Eilish in the space of a couple of hours was invaluable and the advice she got and stuff. So I, I suppose that's the other bit that people don't see in terms of the support that these players have for each other, the support that's around them within their clubs. Like th- th- All these Irish players and all our Irish FLW players are a team within themselves and, and they look after each other and they look out for each other and they help each other out where possible. Um, we finished up a session there and we were joking at the end that the next time they see each other, they might be tearing strips out of each other down, <laughs> down in Melbourne. But um, how fantastic for that. But yeah, look, it's brilliant to meet Ailish today. I suppose she's back. She had her second premiership medal Um, we had a kick, we had a catch-up, fantastic for her. I suppose it's still, in a way, it's still sinking in that she has that second medal and second premiership, uh, has played in three finals, she had her three grand final jerseys, match-worn jerseys there as well. You know, phenomenal to see it, and I think uh, it's important to appreciate and enjoy those moments, because you do get caught up in the professional side of it and straight back into training and doing running programmes and doing strength and conditioning programmes, Uh, So I was enjoying the medals and I was trying to make sure that she was enjoying them as well because she'll have them to look forward to or to look back on forever. There's no question about that. She hasn't won. She's made history on numerous occasions, the first Irish player to win a premiership, the first Irish player to win multiple premierships. Uh, No one's ever going to take that away from her, but uh, it's just important to to appreciate it now as well when she's still in the middle of it and, and still working hard and I suppose again out out kicking and training today, working hard, two premierships down, no stopping there, I, she, she could add to that, no question, although the likes of Eric and Vicky will, will be hoping that it's not at the expense of North Melbourne but yeah, it was lovely to get back to West Care, meet with Ailish, and catch up on what was another hugely successful year and looking forward to another one ahead hopefully.
1: Excellent stuff, and yeah, what a warrior, as I said, um, uh, for, for Irish sport, and not just for the AFLW, for somebody that's gone over there and won two premiership medals. has earned such respect um, in Australia, and uh, it's fantastic to see her, and great that you were able to catch up with some with a brilliant photograph there that we're going to use in the promo for this week's podcast and on the website as well, so check that out. Before we finish, Mike, um, we're in the middle of the sign-and-trade, but that's coming to an end this week, so I would imagine the remainder of the week, and especially the end of this week, is going to be full of announcements.
6: It definitely is there. Look at it. it's we're coming to the end of the sign and trade period, as you said. There's only been four announcements so far. I'm calling it at 20 Irish players. So that means there's another 16 to come in the next few days. So I think a lot of the teams are gonna backload are backloading the, the closing side of sign and trade to get these announcements out. So we will have plenty to talk about next Monday. We'll see if some of those trades we discussed last week go through. We'll see some new of my, new Irish players and new players that I've been working with announced as well, hopefully. And the majority, if not all, the rest of the Irish players returning. So, yeah, there's still another hectic week ahead of sign and trade. That then should see most of the Irish players start as pre-season starts in, I think, six or seven days. Mad, mad to think of. And then you have the draft to follow, which in, won't affect too many of the girls here at home this time because of the timing of it. Normally, the draft would be a month or two before um, pre-season starts and there'll be an opportunity for Irish players to nominate for that. But I think the timing of it being after the start of pre-season won't allow that this year. We might see a couple of surprises in terms of Irish players that are currently playing state level or VFLW maybe popping up. But either way, that means a lot of stuff has to happen very quickly in the next seven days. And by this time next week when we're back on, I think we'll see the majority of the Irish players confirmed and we will be there or thereabouts at that magic number of 20. Fingers crossed.
1: Wow, just wow. When you see, when you think where the AFLW has come from and how, how still, how young it is to have twenty. If there is going to be any, anything about that of Irish representatives taking part in the upcoming season, it's just absolutely phenomenal. Mike, once again, thank you very, very much for your time. I'm really looking forward to next week. It could be a long chat next week if we've got twenty signings to talk about. But let let's uh, let's wait and see how how things pan out over the remaining week. But thank you once again here from everybody on the big red bench.
6: More than welcome, Jerry. Looking forward to
1: it. That's it for another Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. Remember to subscribe to the Big Red Bench on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and you can also listen online at Redextra.ie. Don't forget to tune into the Big Red Bench with Rory O'Hagan, Colm O'Sullivan, and guests between six and seven pm on the radio every Saturday and Sunday. Follow the Big Red Bench across all our social media channels, as well as visiting our official website, RedFM.ie.
0: The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Gork's Red FM.